So one of my favorite things to do is lie, Ruben. And I know it's one of your favorite things to do too, because we did Not say really. that we would, no, 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 no. Because I, I have the receipts right here. Yeah. Uh, you said that we would try this summer to record at least one podcast a week. And I did all the releases because of all the releases. And I did and sign off the live last podcast saying, Hey, we're going to talk about Indiana Jones next time. Woo. Cause it came yeah. out next week. Yeah. And now here we are. I still haven't seen Indy five. And instead we're going to be talking about the movie event of the summer. And it's not mission impossible either. Cause JQ hasn't seen that either. And I have, okay. Look, I'm very behind, but I made a purchase of Regal unlimited Regal. Hey, hit us up with a sponsorship for $23 a month. You can see unlimited movies in uh, like select movie theaters i'm talking unlimited several a day multiple a week you can keep going time gotta, and time again gotta be careful with these fake sponsorships now man you can't mention like if you like don't accidentally mention an actual studio we are going to get into that <laughs> in after the intro because uh th- what i thought was unthinkable actually happened yeah, so, I can't believe it either. So let's give a quick shout out to Paramount Studios. Let's boo, go. Boo. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Not even as a joke. Not even as a joke. This show is not sponsored by Paramount, clearly. Let's give a quick shout out to Christina Applegate. <laughs> Eric Andre reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we could have just let the audience figure that out. Okay, you know, cue the music. Cue the guy. Oh, oh, another thing. Another thing. Remember when I said I would write a theme? Here we are. Four months later, uh, yeah, yeah, and, it's, and we're still. I'm holding you. I'm holding you accountable. If we don't have a new theme by the next time we record, I will ridicule you. I will find your deepest, darkest secret and right. broadcast it. What if I just rewrite? What if I just re-record the exact same theme? It would probably sound better. I just and add a few lyrics in there. It'll sound better than what's playing right now. All right. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Pop Culture Quintessential with Cubed. I am Ruben Kiros. I am one half of Cubed today because uh, we didn't mention that off the top. Jacob isn't here either. I was going to do a bit that he'd been stri- stricken dumb and deaf, deaf and dumb, and then he was on the line but that he couldn't speak. You idiot. You ruined it. You ruined my gag. <laughs> And that's JQ. The, the second third of Cube. And Jacob has been stricken deaf and dumb, so he's on the- <laughs> Jacob is uh, a camp counselor this week, so he is unable to be with us. Jacob and we- is, Jacob is yep. spreading the good lord of Christ the good word of Christianity to a bunch of indoctrinated kids to this week. <laughs> Stop it. Hi Stop mom. It. <laughs> Stop it. Stop I'll messing. Stop. stop messing with your brother. <laughs> yeah, he, he's probably having a ball way more fun than we are. Yeah. Um, but we figured we hadn't recorded for long enough. Um, and we had yeah. to cover Barbenheimer. Like yeah. we we sat on the sidelines for several movies, but we're like, we cannot sit out for yeah. what's literally the biggest movie going event of the summer. That uh, fourth biggest box. movie uh going weekend at the box office ever, shockingly. Only behind Endgame, Infinity War, and Force Awakens. I'm talking in terms of like total tickets sold for all movies that we're playing that weekend. It's the fourth. I could not believe this didn't beat it. Like honestly, like with how much hype was going around this thing. Like good lord. 
I'm, I mean, yeah, you know, we missed out on a few things here and there. Uh, a quick shout out to to a movie I know we won't be able to to uh, review in depth, which is Asteroid City by Wes Anderson. If you haven't seen that movie, please watch it. Incredible. I loved it. I loved it to death. It has a lot to say about the artistic process, what it means to create at all, about purpose in life, everything. Like, And, and it's all like the usual Wes Anderson quirk. But again, every time, repackages is something just phenomenal. That's great. We'll probably talk about Indy 5 and um, uh, Mission Impossible. Impossible in the next episode. Uh, also, Rise of Beast. Okay, that is my that is my review of Rise of Beast. Okay, it was fine. Rise of the Beast, I thought was pretty decent. I actually liked it. It's not as good as Bumblebee, not at all. Yeah, it's not as good oh, as Bumblebee. It completely lacks the emotional core. What does it complete? Okay, that's a lie. It lacks the, the same emotional core. It has more of an emotional core than any of the Michael Bay movies, though. I'll give it that. You know. What? Uh, you didn't weep when they played Iridescent in Dark of the Moon? I actually did. Joke. <laughs> 11-year-old me, when they were, like, doing that shot of Chicago of all the people, like, I legitimately cried. I legitimately it's really, cried. Look, look, it's a really effective scene. I'm not Dark of the lie. Moon's probably my favorite mainline Transformers movie, and it's not because I think it's, like, the greatest movie ever. Like, there's guilty pleasure elements, especially the first half, but that last <laughs> 90 up. minutes in Chicago is probably one of my favorite, Yo, like, theater experiences I had. Shout, shout out John Malkovich for literally giving it. He was eating up scenery, dude. That man was, that man walked so Anthony Hopkins could trip and fall. It also gave us one of our kids, <laughs> uh, which is what I call uh, random lines from movies that are so obscure, but we use with each other. But we have. Why did you call? No, him no one has no idea what we're talking about. Kiroisms. Uh, I don't know what else to call. We could call them Kiro's quotes. Go for the alliteration. <laughs> you see, yeah, like, like the was, name of the this podcast. Is why, this is why I was the one to name the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say the podcast isn't enough alliteration for you. <laughs> nope, you got to do. Okay, look, for anyone who, who ends up reading any of my stuff, if it ever gets published, which hopefully it will, the two things or like, like the three things that I love in poetry and to an extent also in, in, in fiction writing, alliteration, juxtaposition, and intertextuality. <laughs> I think that those are three amazing tools to build anything intriguing. Alliteration more so for poetry than for, for fiction writing, because you don't want to sound like Dr. Seuss when you're trying to write a dystopian novel. Okay, let me get back to it so I can actually say the effing line <laughs> <laughs> that I was alluding to. So there's a scene Illusion. in the movie. Illusion is another great tool. <laughs> God, Christ almighty. Well, I technically illusion and intertextuality. So Ken Jong's character has a scene where he's killed. Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Dark of the Moon 12 years a, ago. A movie that's 12 years old. Um, but Ken Jong's character in like the first hour is killed. Is it Lockjaw? What the hell is the name of the bird? I think you, it's uh, called Lockjaw. Uh, whatever. Wait, like, unfortunate what? name. Let me tell you what an unfortunate goddamn <laughs> I know Lockjaw's the name of the Inhumans, whatever, the Inhumans dog, whatever. What? That's too nerdy. So like, Ken Jong's character gets knocked razor out of beak. a... Laser beak. That is no, absolutely... Razor, ra razor. razor, razor beak. Wait, actually, that... let me double check. Keep, keep talking. <laughs> so Razor beak knocks Ken Jong out of a window and makes it look like he jumps out the window and commits suicide. And like when his co-workers are looking down, 
One of them says, and I think this line was probably ADR because you only see it from the person's back. It's like, that's Jerry. <laughs> and then forever between ourselves. We keep saying, we, like, we, I don't know. Unprompted too, unprompted. Like we're driving past people and we randomly say, hey, look, that's Jerry. <laughs> like we, yeah. Also, it was laser beak. You were correct. I, I was Laser? Like, I, it's laser, yeah. Small Lock, victories in life. It's the name of the Inhumans dog. What, <laughs> a, what an unfortunate name to freaking have. <laughs> no, but like that's that's Black Bolt's dog in like the yeah. Marvel comics. <laughs> nerd, nerd alert. Ruben's a nerd. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, anyway. but yeah, uh, <laughs> you know what's funny about that Ken Jong scene? I what, that I noticed when I when I sent it in the group chat. He doesn't fire off a single shot off of the, out of the two guns that he whips out. He just pulls oh, them out. Shit. He just pulls them out and gets murked immediately. I bet you it was. I bet That's you Ken was like, "I'll be in your movie. I don't even have to fire a shot off, but I have to dual wield for at least two seconds." <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord! That movie is a mess of tonality but let me tell you it does have my favorite scenes from any made life transformer movie that i've ever and seen. leonard nimoy rests his soul he enjoyed that movie he, to hell he, you you can tell he had a lot of fun doing you know, it he, he actually kind of tried you know he, he did actually, he did he, he was at like the peter he was on peter collins level of effort it was like he know was he's just like you know what and screw it <laughs> screw it we're going in boys <laughs> I just the worst actor in one of those Transformers movies, and we talked about this through text. And he's a great actor outside of it, but John Goodman did not give a shit when he was recording his lines oh, for like I the fourth and fifth him. movie. I don't blame him. Read that script. I wouldn't care. I would give the same library. Oh. You know what sucks? You know what sucks? I know that John Goodman's a phenomenal voice actor. Look at freaking Sully from Monsters Inc. <laughs> No, but back to uh, Rise of the Beats, so we can actually give our quick thoughts on it. I saw it like last month, so I vaguely remember. It. I saw it a week um, ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm we said, Jonathan, Jonathan was I'm behind. So, I'm so behind. I still haven't seen Indie or Mission Impossible, but I'm almost up to date. And you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be on top of it from now on. I'm watching Talk to Me the weekend it comes out. I don't even know. Oh, Rocka Rocka's movie. Yeah, Rocka Rocka's movie. It's, it sounds horrifying. I, I I think I I think I should prepare myself mentally for that shit. A twenty four. Shocking. Shout out Rocka Rocka uh, for for traumatizing me a few times as a kid. Oh man, yeah. If you guys ever saw those Ronald McDonald's videos where he just goes wild, that was all Rocka Rocka. My yeah. favorite though is when they did DC versus Marvel. Uh, some of the elements of that video did not age the best since it's an early 2010s video, but it is absolutely fun and hilarious. Yeah, you should check it out. Uh, they are they are perfect for horror. I'm not gonna lie. A lot of the, I remember a lot of their early shit is legitimately frightening. Like it's like unsettling to a to a degree. Where it's like I don't like seeing Cookie Monster ripping people to shreds. Like this is it's funny, but also I think I'm traumatized. And I cannot wait to go into that movie and be traumatized again, but this time as an adult. Thank you, Rocka Rocka. Shout out. Shout out, Rocka Rocka. Um, but no, uh, so Peter Cullen was great as always, obviously, as Optimus Prime. And I thought the action was shot pretty well, but it's like Stephen Capel Jr. who did uh, Creed 2. So yeah. he has like an eye for like the visual action at this point. Um, I think my biggest complaint, 
I think you touched on it earlier, was a little bit of a lack of emotional punch. I mean, the elements are there. Like, they did have a Latino family, and, like, they kind of tried doing some of that, like, the bond, but I feel like they didn't develop it enough. And I also like the element where they're like, oh, Optimus and you are the same, but again, there wasn't enough, but the movie is fun as hell. Uh, The voice cast is amazing. Even Michelle Yeoh, Pete Davidson, they got big actors to play the other Transformers, and they didn't mail it in at all. And then they got um, a Vine star to play RC for some reason. Really? That was Former, a Vine star? Lizza Koshi, I believe is what her name is. Holy She's shit. Been, she didn't do bad. No, I didn't notice. Awful. She's yeah. been doing voice acting apparently a lot recently. She was also in that Teenage Passion movie, but I hear that that movie just... I hear, I hear mid mid to, to good things about that movie. It doesn't sound like it's horrendous. It yeah, I flopped like half of the half the movies this summer. I flopped, which was a bigger. It's a big conversation as well that we could yeah, have we, a little bit. We should be having a conversation. Um, but uh, yeah, no. But Transformers, I give it a solid. I think it's like a seven out of ten, probably. It's yeah, entertaining. I give, it, I, give it, I give it like a six and a half, seven out of ten. A legitimately a good time. Uh, Ruben, Ruben, the only thing I, I, I need to add on to that is that I will say that there are scenes where the action is top notch and like the shots are amazing, but there's too many scenes I feel like where it's just visual noise, not to the same degree that it was in Michael Bay, uh, Michael's Bay's movies. Yeah, because you can still tell what's going yeah, on no, here. I'll give it that. Like, I can still tell what's happening, but like, there are some shots that are just jaw dropping and others where it's like, okay, great battlefield, end game, end game, great battlefield. Too many. Too many great yeah. battlefields nowadays. Give me some color, man. I had Give fun when I had I had fun when it was like an end game, but that's mostly because it was like the culmination of everything. Yeah, now I'm like, was, I want was, a little bit more visual flair if I'm gonna it go was, it was out of my deserved. way. It was deserved an end game, and there were so many characters that you had to recognize, like like who the super colorful characters that you had to recognize popping out from that background. So it made sense then. Yeah, now this one you have like maybe like seven main Autobots. You can do a lot more. Like this is like the new Skybeam. <laughs> like and then the there was like the weird. There was the weird Autobot that had like three lines in the movie. Who was like from uh, Peru? I don't know who they got the plan. I actually. I got- Wheeljack. I liked Wheeljack as well. I'm. I, my point is, I'm upset. Wheeljack was barely in this he movie. He was my favorite one out of the out of the out of the the. Honestly, out of the new Transformers, I really liked him. I agree. I wanted more of him. I'm like, oh, this, this dude, this this dude's nerdy. I like this. I and like there is him. like he's nerdy and Hispanic. He's a man after my own heart. Like, oh my yeah. god. <laughs> oh, Anthony Ramos. Before we move on, also really good. Uh, really I can't good. wait to see what he does next. Hopefully, he's in more stuff. In that GI Joe Transformers movie, if it gets I, made, <laughs> I was literally I was alone in that theater with one other dude. He didn't react when I said it. When he flipped it over, and it was like GI Joe, I was like, "What the what the shit?" I was like, "What?" Like you said, what? "Wait, you said it out loud." I said it out loud because I forgot it was there. It's like hearing that Mattel wants to do a cinematic universe now after Barbie, which is not going to go well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they want so- to make an Uno movie. How do you make an Uno movie? <laughs> you do an Ocean's Eleven uh, ripoff <laughs> or they pull a heist. That like, would actually I- be kind of funny. <laughs> Magic 8, you can make a horror movie. Hot Wheels, I have no idea how you do. Barney is apparently being developed by Daniel Kaluuya. They have Vin like Diesel a- developing a Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie. I am not even kidding. And there's I'm a couple like, more. There's a Polly Pocket, Polly Pocket movie. Yeah. yeah. Not an ounce of creativity left in Hollywood. 
No wonder all those writers are. No wonder all those writers are striking. I mean, that's not the reason the strikes are going on. But let, let's, let's reason, get yeah. Let's the get reason, into the strikes. Well, the reason the strikes are going on is because they're being underpaid, and, and it, it's like gig work, and they have to live off of that essentially. And I mean, like half the time, people don't even want to hear some of these original ideas. They just like look at this. It's half of the shit that's coming out now is IP. Or, or it's it's either IP major directors reboots or sequels. That's it. That's it. That's because the algorithm shows that's what people like. <laughs> so, um, to recap, uh, writer strike has entered day eighty six as of this recording, and then actor strike, which I did not think was going to happen, quite honestly, and I might have said that on the pod previously. I don't remember if I actually vocalized that when we were recording, yeah, I but I thought did. there was no way that Hollywood was going to let the actors go on strike. Uh, that one's hit day 14. Um, and the reason I didn't think they were going to hit let the actors go on strike is because now, I mean, nothing was being written. So a bunch of stuff wasn't going to come out. Like, I have no idea what TV season is going to look like this year just because. Oh, ass. ass. <laughs> I think CBS already said they're airing Yellowstone on their network on weeknights during the fall. It has reached that point because um, there's nothing written. Because usually, like, for a TV season, in they write stuff in the summer so it can premiere in the fall. Now, that was before streaming, um, but there's still those traditional networks that have that. So stuff like Law & Order um, and all those Chicago shows <laughs> will not be on air this fall. Um, but then for streaming networks, I mean, it's around the clock. So there's stuff releasing still. There's still TV shows coming out, and there were still TV shows coming out in the summer. But nothing was being written which means everything's getting pushed back which means there's gonna be nothing to shoot so like when nothing, these and, strikes, now, and now there's no one to shoot them now you know? yeah and that's the point yeah this is why i thought the actor strike wasn't gonna happen because i'm like there's no way because if the actor strike happens like theoretically what, what i believed it was like oh they like literally hollywood shuts down like the last few remaining things that we're shooting will shut down and I'm like, there's no way the studios would be this stupid to le- literally create a legit, there was going to be a chunk of time next year, or maybe beginning this fall a little bit, because they're going to push stuff from the fall into next year if these strikes go on a while, which I believe they probably will. Um, there was, There's going to be a time where there's a content drought. And I'm like, they just came out of the pandemic. There is no way they're going to intentionally create another content drought like that and probably sink movie theaters forever and probably f over their streaming services because no one's going to want to stay subscribed when not like only shit's coming out like david zaslav's uh newest uh house flipping show like <laughs> and I, I know i like punching i know i like punching as zaslav but th- this is I, on all this is I, on let, all the let studios me, let me yeah this is on all the studios i'm gonna be honest there's nobody whose downfall i'm praying on more than david zaslav's this man has made me turn back to God. <laughs> I'm praying. I'm praying. Prayer. I'm praying for the. I'm praying for the. I am praying for this man's downfall so hard. You have no idea. Such a dick. I can't remember who. Oh, also, but no, this is how I also do that. I can't remember yeah. who said it, but someone was like, "Hey, I think if we wait like a few more months, the the, oh. the, the writers will start losing their okay. houses." So, so we'll that have was to start working. Okay, so I can give context to that. So that was. That's the it was villainous. <laughs> that was a that was a piece in Deadline that came out on the eve of the actor strike, and it, I I can probably find it, but I think the exact quote was, "It's a necessary evil. Um, they're going to wait out until October uh, for the actors to starve and go homeless, basically." 
I'm paraphrasing that last part, but that's basically what it said. And it was like an anonymous studio exec. Um, some people Probably suspect. No, some people suspect it was Bob Iger because of after. Yeah, Bob is Bob. No, dude, did you hear about his book, dude? Holy wait, shit! Wait, hear about his what? His biography. No, like, he openly admitted to a lot of like pretty heinous shit. Didn't that biography come out a few years ago? I. We're about to. I'm about to look this. No, because I remember. I think Ruben I used it. No, because I used an Audible uh, credit, I think, to get that book because it had just come out. I haven't listened to it at all, and I don't know if I'll actually ever end up listening to it now because I'm kind of turned off by Bob Iger's entirely now. But that's just how it goes, I guess. Like, you can't be an executive in Hollywood and have a soul. Like, you can't have a soul and be an executive. You can't expect these people to be good people. No, hell no. And like that, it It came out 2020. But there was like some, there was some rank ass shit in that. Like, like what? Like, I actually haven't heard I about this. I think one of them. I, yeah, let me. I gotta look this up now. Yeah, see if I you can find it. Them, but like, the, one, of, one of them, one of them that I remember is that he was like, guys, we're losing money on on park concessions. So I think we. I, I, I like, like, look. I have to double check this because I only I read this in an article. And I got I gotta double check it. But part of it was like, oh, we're losing money on park concessions. So if we put a little bit of cocaine in the in the sugar that we put on funnel. No way! I don't believe that. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta. No, check no, 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 that. Yeah, he no. would not openly admit that in a book. I hopefully not. <laughs> that sounds like an effing parody, man. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Please, please, God, let this be a joke. God, I gotta find this now. I can't find it. I looked up. Yeah, I can't find it. No, but like, Bob Iger did come out. I don't know if you heard about his comments when the strike started. Um, I don't remember what he said. You don't remember what he said? No. Uh, He said the writers and the actors were not being realistic, and it's very disturbing to him. Yes, I remember that. He's like they're not being realistic, and he he makes like what like 20, 30 million a seven year? million twenty seven a, a year I think twenty seven million, um, and he he starts talking about how they negotiated a good deal with the directors guild, which honestly at this point I think the directors guild was kind of stupid. I think if they would have joined on the picket, this thing entire thing would be over already. Oh like, yeah, I'm not even kidding. Like if they if they hadn't like made a deal, because now the studios are going to be like. Because in this quote, Bob Iger said, oh, we made a deal with the directors and we had good provisions in there. So now they're going to use that and say, we made it with we made a deal with the directors with this shit. You guys have to take this shit as well, basically. Um, which, I mean, the AI AI for a director doesn't matter as much as it does for yeah. an actor. Because, um, I don't know, like, we're not at the point. We might get there, like, because there are no regulations on this shit. And the government actually needs to regulate ai because jesus christ this could get scary um, we can step in dude There's- they do and i think one of the creators of ai has said it um i mean ai is very appropriate modern, modern day oppenheimer the dude i was gonna AI. say i was gonna say oppenheimer is very relatable with the ai stuff we're going through now um but what I was going to say, um, AI for a director, I mean, a director is doing like a dozen different things. I mean, AI might make their job easier, but it won't take it away. Disney and other companies for actors, they were scanning them. And then they're saying, oh, we own your image in perpetuity. And a bunch of actors came out afterwards saying they were scanned for projects like Obi-Wan, Quantumania and shit. And Disney would say, oh, we're just scanning you so we can like put 
you in the background if it's needed. But now and no one's actually sure if those scans were just them scanning to teach um, some machine learning program and then just eliminate background actors completely. Straight up, straight up something that happened in freaking BoJack Horseman, by the way. I sent that scene to the to the group chat too. Yeah. Because there's this, and then there's this entire thing where, where BoJack is like, BoJack, you're old and you're also, there's a biography that just says how much of a shitty ass person you are and how much of a liability you can be. So we're going to scan your face so that in the cause of death, we can just finish the movie without you. And then they end up just, they end up being like, yeah, yeah. yeah they end up being like, yeah, we replaced you. And then the 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 copy's performance was so compelling that we went back and reshot the whole thing. And it's just like I'm like, what a joke! That'll never happen. And here we are. Here I mean, we are. it's sad how like Bojack. I mean, there's the entire uh, as well. I mean, we don't have to get into this canon words, but Bojack predicts a bunch of shit. I mean, the gun episode, the abortion yeah. episode as well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. much. If you go back and watch Bojack Horseman. Man, uh, Raff and his, and his writing crew were onto something there about uh, modern society. The, they are the, I think they are the the uh, the gold standard for absurdist humor in, in the modern age. Honestly. Oh yeah, way more than like Rick and Morty, which is way more popular. They, they do it a yeah. lot better. But yeah, no, because their absurdist humor actually has meaning. <laughs> it's not just, I mean like, Random humor is hilarious. Don't get me wrong. All right. Yeah. yeah. Seeing Rick and Morty uh, fall to their knees and start praying to Jesus, hilarious. Okay. That shit was funny. But like, <laughs> it doesn't drive the story forward in the same way that absurdity with Bojack Horseman does, you know? But, but regardless, the, the point is like, that's, that's some heinous shit. You're basically just trying, they're trying to cut corners so badly because they want the, the, the rich to get richer and they do not care who they step on in the process. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, it's where the industry is going for. Don't buy into those, into those narratives that people are putting out about this actress, right? Where they're like, oh, oh my God, yeah, I'll say this, yeah. These guys are making millions of dollars a year. The top dogs are making millions of dollars a year. The majority of these people, pennies per dime like nickels on the dime not even that pennies on the dime like they're like don't buy into this narrative that these are millionaires complaining i mean no, you, hell got, no. you got like what like brad tom Tom, like brad pitt tom hardy you have people like people like that like legitimately yeah tom cruise robert downey get, jr i mean it's not paid, that many people they get paid phenomenally but there are people who get nothing that's the majority. The majority of people are not being paid like reasonably for the work that they do. So don't buy into that that corporate bullshit that they're trying to feed you. That it's like, oh, look at these selfish ass millionaires. The only selfish ass millionaires here are the freaking corporate heads of these companies. No, it's it's late. We're in late stage capitalism for sure. We're like everyone is being squeezed by the people on top um and they're making less and less and less um i don't know how you solve it um that's a bigger discussion for a I, different day yesterday because my tire went out i had the chance to read animal farm in its entirety for the first time and let me tell you that book is 78 years old now yeah should not be as relevant as it is <laughs> you can see this you can I could name eight countries, including the US in that in that count, that fit the description of that pretty well. You know, it was it was originally set to just describe Stalinist 
Stalinist Russia. And yet it has like this wide ass application to this. Because I mean, the basic idea is people on top squeezing everything possible out of the people below them so that they get richer and they and they give the illusion of progress. But the people below them are like just trashed on. You can see this microcosm in several places. One of them being, I would say, Hollywood at this point. You got these pigs at the top, basically changing the rules as they go and, yeah. and, and forcing these people to work harder and harder and like and trying to demonize people that disagree. And it's just like, I mean, the last time a double strike happens when was 1960. One of the outcomes of that, and one of the big fights now, is residuals. And like, it was residuals back then. It's residuals now. Back then, it was because television was exploding. And they had to figure out like a model for how to get people paid there. And they eventually did. Here, we we have the studio execs. They got greedy. And they're like, oh, look, uh, it's streaming. We don't have to do the thing, the same thing as before. So now we have actors uh, making and writers making pennies where they used to make hundreds of dollars for yeah. like their own work in perpetuity afterwards. And now I don't know how you fix that completely because there's ads on television and I don't know how you like decide how to divvy no, up the no money. Ads. But, but, no, but no, they ads are on streaming. That's the thing on, on some tiers of streaming, there's ads. There, there has to be, there has to be a way to figure that out. I don't, I mean, that's for like some bigger bosses than me and like. That's people for, on both that's sides. For, that's for the economic, the, the economic theorists to figure to out. To figure out, but like, yeah, that's get one the of the right, big fights. Get the right one. Make sure they're not being paid off. <laughs> so yeah, it's AI, it's residuals for both, and then there's differing stuff. The writers want uh, more job security. They want like mini rooms. They want to be on set. They want to be like employed longer instead of the studios bringing them in for a couple of weeks to write a draft and then sending them off. Um, basically making them like gig workers and then the actors uh, don't want um, to be forced to like pay for their own audition equipment um, through uh, what, what are they called Jeez, it, it's a type of audition they do that became more popular with the pandemic basically where the actors had self-tape it's a self-tape where they had to record themselves giving an audition and they have to pay for all those expenses and that's one of the things the actors wanted to yeah. end as well with with this. Also, maybe um, not having your likeness owned by a mega corporation. AI. AI is a huge thing. AI yeah. is the AI yeah, is a big thing. It's AI and residuals. That likeness shit is 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 bonkers to me. Like what yeah. the hell? Ugh. So we will uh we will of course follow this as it continues to develop. Uh the studios have refused both guilds' requests to come back to the table to negotiate. Like we alluded to earlier, it seems like these bastards are waiting it out. Um, I hope they realize Villainous. they can't do that. Villainous, dude. The Villainous actors, shit. one of the huge things, actors can't do press. Um, so movies will start moving probably in September if this isn't resolved, just a heads up. They have studios were, uh, were kind of greedy. And then the last, they, the last two weeks they extended with the actors, they used to record a bunch of press for a bunch of movies coming out in august so i some people say they uh, on the sag side were saying they weren't negotiating in good faith and they were just trying to buy themselves some time um the press for barbenheimer happened because of the extension yeah. take that as you will um but yeah once we reach september then i think some of the fall movies will start moving and then that's when rubber's gonna meet the road uh, and i can't gonna... wait till aquaman 2 moves again 
that, that movie's, movie's never coming out. out. <laughs> that movie's not coming out. That movie is not coming out. That oh, movie God. is. Poor James Wan. God, DC's been such a shit show. DC is horrendous right now, and everyone wants to blame James Gunn as if this isn't like a big There have been problem. three regimes during the productions of these movies. Yeah. Like Flash but had no, three different endings. If I see one more fire gun and saffron hashtag restore the Snyderverse, I'm going to destroy the Discord servers and make you guys touch grass. All right. That's what's gonna have to happen. Uh, the Lord. For the love of God, take interest in something else. The world is dying. We're screwed. Did you yeah, learn we- nothing from Oppenheimer? <laughs> you have to can't be, can't be Yeah, the world, the world has never been hotter. Hottest month yeah. in world history. It's we okay. are yeah. screwed. In recorded world history. We got I, I wanna point that out because I don't want some asshole to be like, well, actually, when the asteroid hit the, the dinosaur planet, shut the hell up. Shut the hell up. Stop riding the dick of these corporations, man. They're not going to date you. They don't give they don't care. They don't give a flying shit. They don't shit. give a care. They're just they just they're looking for friends with benefits. That's it. <laughs> Stop supporting them. They're not people. They're not people. Corporations are not people. Do not let them lie to you like that. Yeah, and don't and don't get attached to like executives in Hollywood either. Those guys Please are all dicks. Stop doing that, guys. For the love don't of get God. attached to Bob Iger. Don't, like some people have a weird infatuation with Bob Iger, and I mean he's just the same as all of the others. Ted Sarandos from Netflix. Netflix is God. What's the, the, what's the name of the DreamWorks guy that everyone already hated? I mean, he's not one in charge of the studio, but like. Well, he's not in charge of a studio because Universal owns yeah. DreamWorks now, but it's Jeffrey Katzenberg. There we go, Katzenberg. F you, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Uh, <laughs> I know right. that means I know those words mean nothing to you at this point. You've probably heard them so often. <laughs> Good lord. Okay. Uh so next topic. Uh so Comic Con was last weekend, but since everyone's on strike, like Nothing came out. No news came out, um, except for one panel that interested me, which we were about to cover. Um, so Spider-Man PS5 or Spider-Man 2 is scheduled Wait, to come out. Is that what we're talking about? I thought we were going to be talking about Mac 3. Ruben, all these notes. <laughs> okay, re- 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 read the top few couple notes. All right. Okay. Um. Oh, because you know, because it's not gonna do me any good to say. I'm just gonna read them off normally. Okay, Knack is back, baby. Yeah, Knack is back. Yeah, motherfucker, motherfucker, (laughs) Knack is back. Can you believe this? Knack is back. Stop it! God damn you! By the way, they are not making a Knack three. (laughs) Yeah, no shit, they're not making a Knack three. Unfortunate, because those first two. I, I I think they're gonna end up in the in the gaming hall of fame at a point, you know. I think I think they're a shoe in. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> back on track. Uh, so Spider Man uh, two, a sequel to Spider Man PS Four, is scheduled to come out end of October this year. They dropped their story trailer this at like this the, panel this is like the fifth spider-man 2 we got it in the last 20 years i know that's why I to, <laughs> that's why i have to clarify i can't just say spider-man yeah, you can't just say 
Spider Amazing Spider Man Two. Yeah, most people from home beyond the spot across the Spider Verse. People would most people would think uh, Raimi Spider Man Two just because yeah, that's most, the actual most name. Most people, most people be nostalgic as hell. You guys even take nostalgic goggles off. That movie's great though, man. That movie, no, that movie is really, really good, but it is not as good as people say that it is. No, it's not like one of the best comic book that movies. Enough. Well, no, no, I, like people are putting it up there. Not, I'm not not just best comic book, like one of the best movies of all time. And I'm like, hey, chill, chill the hell out. It's it's up there. It's up there when it comes to comic book movies. Calm down, all right. <laughs> Calm the hell down. Not a single superhero movie that I've seen, except for Across the Spider Verse, has breached my my top anything when it comes to movies. <laughs> Take a deep breath, guys. Come on now. Let's be adults. Anyway, so Ruben, what about the Spider-Man 2 panel? You had an a thousand yard stare that you just pulled like a Mitch McConnell. So like you just went I felt so bad because I saw that footage and like my immediate reaction was to cackle. And then I was just like, what am I doing? That's an 81 year old man. <laughs> That's a man who's losing his mind. He's being puppeteered in Congress at this it point. Really Let the is. man retire or retire me. If you are over the age of 80, hell, if you're over the age of 75, I really don't think you should be in oh, political arts. I'm sorry, your interests for the future are mute at this point. You're not going to be here in 10 to 20 years. God damn, man. and just and we're going to get the same goddamn presidential election again next year, <laughs> it looks like. Except this time, except this time, uh, the Republican candidate is running with like five or probably like five indictments at that point. And then the Democratic candidate is going to be like 82 years old. Has dementia. He he might. He actually might. That man is on Mitch McConnell. We are running a retirement. The freaking Capitol Hill looks like a a retirement home. The only young candidate I see for the presidency is an effing fascist from Florida. Get the shit out of here. Let's go. <laughs> hey, yo, this, this this podcast is sponsored by Bacon Rub. What was the name? God, what was the nickname that Trump gave him? The only good thing I have to give Trump. Oh, was it? Oh, my God. What was the nickname? Slimy? Was it Greasy? I don't remember. Um, but for for DeSantis, I have no yeah. idea. Uh, meatballs. Meatball, meatball Ron. Meatball Ron. <laughs> That's what it was. Okay, and if you know me as a person, you know I will not, I do not use the word fascist lightly, but Jesus Christ, well, some of the shit he's doing down in Florida. I'm not going to make this political. I'm not going to get into this, but. I never use the word fascist, like ever, like on principle, mostly because if y'all have looked back at history and seen real fascism, it it gets much worse. It gets much worse. (laughs) Okay, but you got to admit. No, no, I would say fascist leading wannabe fascist he's a wannabe oh, no, oh, no. Oh, no no all of this to say that the the one exception i make is wrong <laughs> <laughs> like people be like trump's a fascist i'm like trump's an idiot okay trump's a dumbass but like trump is, just a, trump is not a harmless du- trump is not a harmless dumbass but I he's a dumbass no i wish he had never run dude have you seen some of those old commercials and stuff he's been in the dude's legitimately kind of funny <laughs> He's like he's. We were talking about like freaking billionaires in our lax segment. Oh, yeah, millionaires. No. 
Oh, like yeah, he's, he's the embodiment they're of that all, shit. They're like all of terrible ter- people. They're yeah, all terrible he, people. But also, like when you have like enough of a of a degree of separation, you're like whatever. Like <laughs> anyway, back on track because we just got into politics. Yeah. All I and if you stop listening, can... if you stop listening, because I called Ron DeSantis a fascist. Whatever. I mean, like, I, 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 I didn't want... of our listeners are from Florida. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, you guys will be. You guys are gonna be Atlantis soon, so whatever. Well, former, former <laughs> listeners are are Miami Cubans, and they hate our guts. Spider Man Two. <laughs> okay, so Spider Man Two comes out October twenty second, and they released. Uh, they did release like a gameplay demo like a month and a half ago, uh, maybe during our hiatus. I don't even remember if it was, it was during, during our hiatus. I think it was during our hiatus. It was during our hiatus. Um, and that looked really good. Um, the gameplay looks insane. They added web wings to Spider-Man um, to make traversal even more quick and insane. Uh, but now we got the story trailer. Yeah, why would and... you even put quick travel in these games at this point? <laughs> why? No. I mean, I never used quick travel in the no first one game. Ever... I don't think anyone has seen those subway cutscenes in the last seven years. I'm sorry. <laughs> it hasn't been seven in the last five years. Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> uh, good Lord. Um, no, but like web swinging is just too much fun. Um, but yeah. So yeah, the gameplay looks absolutely insane. Um, the graphics look much improved as to be expected in the next generation console uh, compared yeah. to like the PS4. Uh, but now we got the story trailer. And my God, this thing looks like another quintessential Spider-Man story. I, I don't know if I've said that on the pod before, but I think Spider-Man PS4 is the best Peter Parker Spider-Man story we have ever gotten. And I am including the movies um, <laughs> that I have watched. Like it yeah. is absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Raimi fans. I am sorry. This is a better. This is much better. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I will die on this hill. I do not care about your thoughts on Andrew and Tom. Like, legitimately, all of the, all three of those guys, I love them. Oh, I love they're them. all great. They're all great. They're I don't think great. we had a bad Spider-Man actor. This is phenomenal. <laughs> so, yeah, you got Harry coming back to the fold. Um, very interested to see how they utilize him after how they set him up in the first game. Yeah. Um, but what really interests me, and I think it's going to be the talking point, leading up to release is Tony Todd as Venom. That just looks absolutely oh like casting so, made in heaven. We like, should have, we should have seen this way sooner than 2023. Tony Todd should not have reached the ripe age of like 60. <laughs> 70 <laughs> almost, but is he almost? He must be right. How old are you? How old are you Tony? Yeah, look that 68, up. almost 70. Almost 70. I was off by three years. You That's were only spot, slightly right? off. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, this man should not have gotten that old before playing Venom. This dude, I love, I love Tony Todd. All right. I really I like horror movie royalty. All right, first of all. <laughs> well, what I really love is the game is actually covering shit that I want to see as a Spider-Man fan, but the movies yeah. are not touching because of whatever the hell they're doing with Venom. Like, I yeah, want to well, see... Yeah, we have, we, we've yet to see, like, a really good Venom in, 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 like, motion entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, the 90s cartoon... Oh, oh you know, I never saw Spectacular Spider-Man. I hear, I hear that the Venom... Look, look, I will really disagree good. on the point. I think we've gotten a good actor playing Venom. I think Tom 
Hardy's done a good job. Oh, playing no, no. Him. I'm not talking about good actor. I'm talking about good storyline. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what that, that my yeah, yeah my point like we haven't gotten a good Spider-Man versus Venom story I guess since the nineties uh, yeah that's what and I'm... to be fair to be fair to be fair to our fans who will lynch us if I don't mention this we have not seen all of Spectacular Spider-Man yeah I was I about to see, say that yeah. I hear I hear that the Venom that the that the symbiote arc and that show is phenomenal I hear Josh uh, Josh Keaton murders it as 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 the black suited Spider-Man I hear that the Eddie Brock is really good so so I will. Add that, all right? Don't kill us. Don't, don't. No, I am very interested in seeing how they do the symbiote because we got Spider-Man 3 by Raimi and that did all right. But I'm like, I actually want to see how it factors into a game like as you're playing as Spider-Man and as he's becoming a darker character, how they're yeah. going to incorporate that aspect of it, especially because he like talks to himself all the time while you're going around. And you can hear it a bit in the gameplay preview. Like yeah, he changed his voice a bit. He Changes sounds different. Pronouns. What a freaking liberal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I have to, Ruben, we have to keep the podcast balanced. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, very interested to see how they do a co-op. Well, not really a co-op, but like you playing as two different Spider-Men. Yeah. Um, you haven't had that yet in this game series. Um, Craven. Because we're probably not going to get Craven versus Spider-Man at all either because of them making a Craven movie, which is coming out this well, It might come out this fall. Who knows? Uh, oh with the strikes. Our but... review of that trailer was one of my... We, I had some of my favorite bits on that one. I'm not going to lie. Jesus Christ. Well, we roasted that thing to shit. We were upset. We like Craven, bro. We... Craven's <laughs> Last Hunt, if you haven't read it, really well done. Really good. Um, it is not what you're expecting. It is really a Craven story and not a Spider-Man story. I haven't, I haven't had the chance to read it. I haven't had the chance to read that. I will probably lend you my copy. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you get Craven hunting Spider-Man. And I feel like Craven and Venom are, is a good combination of villains for this as yeah, well. I think it's a great combination. And you got Morton Lee as well back. Um, you're going to see Miles reacting to like him. And I guess that'll be his arc. And that's going to be really interesting as that's well. That's going to be really freaking good. Jesus Christ. Because I, I forgot until I watched the trailer that it was that it was Negative Man's fault that that uh, that his dad died. Like, I yeah. completely forgot about that. Spoiler I was not expecting them to. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting them to cover it. But yeah, they are. So yeah. I mean, they, they have they have Miles in it. I, I, I am loving what Spider-Verse has done for Miles. It's just revitalized. It's made like this token character like his own thing very much. Giving him like this strong story, strong sense of character. Like, my God. It's... Miles has had some of my favorite Spider-Man stories to date so far with, with, with 2018 and 2022 Spider-Verse movies. 2023 Spider-Verse movies. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And we shall see. We have more miles coming up with this game and then beyond whenever the hell that ends yeah. up coming out. And the uh, music for this game so far, dude. Oh, yeah. The music what? in the first game is also... I, that man... What's his name? God damn it. I always forget his name. He did the Daredevil theme as well for Netflix. Um, Spider-Man always attracts great composers, man. I don't think we've had a bad Spider-Man theme ever. Like James John Newton, Paisano. you got Danny Elfman, James Newton Howard, John uh, Hans Zimmer, um, Michael Giacchino, Gia, Giacchino, however Giacchino. you say, Giacchino. Thank you. 
And then I you have say, uh, the guy who did the Spider-Verse movies as well. Ah, uh, shit. I oh don't know. Why do we forget? Why do I forget? I'm a, I'm a musician. I'm officially like a giggy musician. Yeah, you, you have like him I, and then you have John Paisano who does uh, his games. But yeah, I don't think we ever, we haven't had a bad composer for Spider-Man. We really haven't. Although I will say Hans Zimmer's Electro theme, I like better than his, than his Spider-Man theme. <laughs> I enjoyed the Spider-Man theme. It like oh, gets no, you pumped sure. up in the I theater. Did, I like I liked his electro theme better. I thought it was really clever. I think it was better storytelling than anything that that movie did for Electro. Uh, music's Daniel Pemper- Pemberton for uh, the Spider-Verse movies. By the way, Got it. that man is also goaded. That man is on one. Dude. That movie. I mean, depending on what comes out later this year, that movie should be nominated for score. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I yeah. am one hundred percent convinced. But I don't know so- if they will. I don't think that animated movie movies is closely tied at the moment with Oppenheimer for my favorite film that I've seen this year. And speaking of Oppenheimer, let's get into it. So Barbenheimer, Barbie and Oppenheimer happened this past weekend. Uh, both movies came out same day. Both movies did extremely well. Barbie way better, but Oppenheimer also did really well for what it was. A yeah. three hour R rated drama is yeah. going to outgross a bunch of blockbusters this summer, which I think just says a lot about the phenomenon this was and what Chris Nolan is as a filmmaker for everyone. Um, yeah. Let's start Chris out. Nolan. Let's start out with Barbie. I, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. If you I feel was it. Say, but before we do, we first start out with yeah. Barbie. I will say passing about Chris Nolan. This man is to, is to film what like John Williams is to like film music where it's like, even like, like, cause I think there are composers who have done as much, if not more than John had, John Williams has. That's a complete argument for a different yeah. day. Um, but like it's just someone that even if you're not into movies or movie like even if you're not into movies you've heard of, of, of chris nolan at this point absolutely like, this dude's up there with like on name recognition with like name recognition okay not yeah. quality for anyone who's going to murder me for my opinions uh with uh with like spielberg kubrick Coppola, hitchcock hitchcock like I mean, like Scorsese. Yeah, Scorsese. 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 I don't even remember. I think it's Fincher, Scorsese, right? Yeah, Fincher. Like he's Fincher. out there with these guys at this point with just and and Denny's gonna come up there soon too. I which think. is it's wild because we're gonna get Scorsese, Fincher. Well, maybe Villeneuve as well. All of these yeah. guys have films this year. I cannot wait to see Killers of the Flower Moon. Anyway, into Barbie. Into Barbie, <laughs> which has another well. Up and coming filmmaker. Um, she is absolutely incredible. She's, um, she's she has, she's on that trajectory. She's, she's on that Chris. She's, she she's going to probably have the highest grossing movie directed by a uh, woman ever. Um, I think. Um, I, I think that's a movie. She started out as an actress too. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, Greta Gerwig. Yeah, she, yeah. I think she did. Yeah. Which. Start- <laughs> She's made two of my favorite movies. I'm not gonna lie. Like they're not. I don't. They're probably top forty, top thirty. Uh, but still, two phenomenal movies beforehand. Little yeah. So she's on that Chris Nolan type trajectory where she was like on the rise, but now she's like hit it big by grabbing an IP and like just yeah. It's kind of funny. They I think someone pointed out online that they have the the same kind of trajectory. Yeah. No, that's yeah. The first movie was an original idea. The second movie was an adaptation of a novel or like a book. And then the third movie was like taking on major IP. In Chris Nolan's case, I think it was what Memento, Insomnia, and then and then uh Batman Begins. Batman, Batman Begins. And then 
Greta Gerwig's kiss. Although kiss to be fair, they I, that is discounting uh, Nolan's actual first film. Is yeah. the only film it's, I haven't seen. The following is that what? It's uh, following is following. Following. Which he apparently filmed on weekends while working other jobs and like apparently his entire crew did. I am very curious. I'm going to check it out I'm at some point. I haven't seen Insomnia, Following, or Memento. I think those are the three I have. You haven't seen Memento? Memento's I a must. Chance, Memento, Memento's a must watch. I want to um, see Insomnia. Probably Insomnia is <laughs> good as well. It might be Nolan's weakest film, in my opinion, out of the ones I've seen for that. I mean that's that's not really saying that's not saying much. That's saying a lot. Those films are stacked. Oh but, wait a minute! Wait a minute! You put that below Tenet. Yeah, we can argue. Now, we can argue now, after you see it. That movie we can, is ass. Tenet is garbage. Tenet is Tenet is shit. Tenet is banged on too much. But like that's that a deep high. That Ruben, that is surface level, like surface level good. Surface Tenet, level good. Yeah. Tenet from a filmmaking perspective is absolutely incredible. Yeah, but from a story perspective, it's ass, dude. It's a fun time. It's, it's a fun time. It's a decent time. Anyway, Barbie. Jesus Christ. We get on so many tangents. We have ADHD, probably. We have ADHD. We probably we have ADHD. Do. We have anxiety. We have depression. We have bipolar. We have schizophrenia. I have a limp in my left leg. I have a scar <laughs> on my head. I got, <laughs> I got asthma. I got... I got three forms of hepatitis. I have syphilis. Shut up. Shut (laughs) up. Shut up. Shut up. Okay. So yeah, Greta Gerwig, her last movies, uh, her first movie was Lady Bird, which was really good. Little Women, which I absolutely adored. 10 out of 10 movie. Watch it. Um, Great commentary on uh, gender roles and like what they actually should mean in a society. None of y'all should have been shocked when you walked into Barbie (laughs) <laughs> and we had gender politics, all right? Who not the hell? Ever... Look, I hate saying it, but not many people watch Little Women, probably, unfortunately. Which, if you're listening, it is better than Barbie. Go and watch it. That movie is absolutely incredible. That movie is what that movie is up there with, like, I mean, Oppenheimer is in a league of its own in a way, but I would say it's up there with Oppenheimer quality. The only it's... reason she didn't win it. Acting, writing, cinematography, everything was on. She got snubbed. Greta Gerwig should have been nominated for director for that movie, and I will forever be pissed that they nominated Todd Phillips for Joker instead. He did not deserve that shit. Screw you. You're you're just Ken. You're just Ken, Todd. I think David, yeah, David Fincher the other day said Joker was damaging to the mental health conversation, and I agree with him. Yeah, I agree with him. It a was a somewhat more severe depression. I enjoyed that movie, but also, uh, yeah, we're set back. <laughs> um, back. Anyway, Barbie. God damn it. Okay, Barbie. Okay. Um. So Barbie. Uh, stars. We have ADD. We have. Uh, Barbie is written by Greta and her uh, partner uh, Noah Bumbach, who is also a great filmmaker in his own right. Uh, he, he did a uh, Marriage Story a few years back, which also great movie, highly recommended. Still haven't um, seen it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! And then uh, he recently did White Noise, which I thought was all right, but that's besides the point. Um, predicted the uh, predicted the uh, the, uh, the the train derailment. Yeah, the Palestine derailment in uh, Ohio. Oh yeah, or the uh, I sh- yeah. I should clarify the name of the town was Palestine. Palestine, the country had nothing to do with it. <laughs> 
Thank you, John. Written by Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, starring Margot Robbie, uh, Ryan Gosling, America, uh, America, America Ferreira, Ferreira, yeah, Ferreira, Ferreira, um, uh, Semuliu, Semuliu, uh, and a bunch of other people who I do not care about. I'm joking. I'm joking. Will Ferrell, <laughs> and then uh, oh god. I don't remember all the actresses' names in this movie. Uh, Asa Ray is in it as the president. Barbie and I'd have to pull it up to remember the rest of them. But they're, they're Emma, all Emma great. McKay? Emma McKay? Is that the name? I think, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of them as well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, movies movies really well done. Um, not what I was expecting completely. Um, I thought, oh, it, it got me in my feels a few times. I was, it I went, was shocked. It, it went deeper than I was expecting Mattel to let Greta and Noah go. I'm glad they uh, let them go this deep. Credit to them as a company. Discredit because they are immediately turning this shit into a cinematic universe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, because uh, this was such a thought-provoking and a, like just heart-wrenching movie. And now you want to uh, commercialize it. So good job, guys. Good job. It's a great commentary on both what good and bad Barbie has brought upon our society. Um, and I would say, like, in, in, in the same in, in that same vein also like the effects that the patriarchy has had not only on women but on, but men, on men as well like I, I think I, it's very valuable that Noah Baumbach was in the writing room for this I think I think it was very good that this movie was written by people of of, of, of the of the opposing genders because they both have a different perspective and on they, it. yeah they both have something to say and, they, both and perspective. perspectives matter like they both yeah. do I think people um, forget that. The people who bash this movie forget that there was a dude in the writing room. And I don't think it bashes men at all, quite honestly. I, mean, I don't know what the hell these I think the movie... Y'all, the, y'all are fragile. I'm sorry. Y'all are fragile. Yeah, no, the, the movie overall is like commenting on the damaging effect toxic masculinity has on men and their identities as well. Yeah. Um, and you can call me a freaking woke feminist or whatever, but that's literally what the text is saying. That's that um, is objectively what the, the text is saying. Hey, like this stuff corrupts dudes too. Like, and it, it, it's not to say it, there was also a point made that the Barbies were not treating the Kens okay. They weren't. I don't know where you guys are getting these readings that the Kens are like these worthless pieces of crap. They're not. Like yeah, they're never gonna. But be they're treated the that same. way, and they yeah. the movie explicitly says that's not right either. Yeah, it's like the a mirror. Is, it's a yeah. mirror of our world. It literally is. Like <laughs> the movie's like, hey, this isn't all right. I think people are held up for that last hour. It's like the Kens would eventually go on to be treated as well as women in our world, and I was like, that's funny. That's hilarious. That's what would happen. That's it's a, funny. That's... It's funny. It would have been interesting. I get they didn't go, I get why they didn't go in this direction, but maybe showing that society can improve where both are equal yeah. could have been they a better message to leave have... off oh, with. God. I unplugged that's, myself. <laughs> that's my biggest complaint with the movie, quite honestly. Um, but the joke was funny, and I think overall the messages are great. And it is followed by a great scene at the end. Um, I don't want to give it away um, where Barbie faces her existential crisis and it like culminates that scene actually got me like i was i was i could feel my i could feel myself welling up a little bit yeah it's just because this movie just has a lot to say about the human condition and what it means to be alive in a world is crazy and yeah it's more geared towards women but guys can find can find a lot of a lot of like great stuff in here as well i i think it's and it's important for guys to see 
the female perspective as yeah, well. Because I mean, sometimes we get blinded by our own shit and our own like machismo. Yeah. Like the Kens in this movie. Yeah. And it's not to say that we don't have problems, which the movie also addresses. The movie addresses the fact that hey, like dudes have like their own way of being and their own and their like and and Ken's entire thing is that he isn't like his own person. He's always either competing with another Ken or competing to have like Barbie, and that's exactly what uh, like a, a, a man's um, like role in society is today. That you're either competing mach- with like machismo levels with another dude, or you're trying to find meaning in a like relationship or whatnot. And then you have the entire Sigma grinds that, which we're not even going to get into that. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Oh, the Andrew Chates of the world. Yeah, don't let's not oh get into that. Oh my god, guys, please, for the love of God, don't listen to those idiots. <laughs> yeah, don't don't listen to those stupid podcasts. I say as I record my own podcast. Yeah. Also, yeah, <laughs> do not take anything that we say as as, as scripture. All right. Yeah, Jesus, do not. We're, I don't want to pull a personality. We're, we're two. We're two, and, and when we're at usually power, three. three Latino Latino dudes that are just screaming into the void. Let's be real. Let's be um, real. No, but it's great. It's just the movie's phenomenal. It's funny. It's really funny. It's the funniest role I've seen Will Ferrell in for a while. I think say. it's a Lego movie for me. I think that's the last time like I really. Yeah, that's the last time yeah. I really, really like Will. Which is so it's shame. been a while. It's been like yeah, nine years. Which is a shame because Strays is coming out in a few weeks. So I'm a, my Are you watching Strays, JQ? My, you watch my, my opinion of him is about to drop again. <laughs> Watching strays. You watching? I'm not watching strays, Ruben. Anyway, I'm watching strays. I think they could have done a little bit more with the executive character. Like, I feel like he started off kind of like with a lot of potential, and they kind of pittered out of it. I think. I don't know. To to me, this movie was not so much worried about capitalist, uh, capitalist critique. Like the Lego Movie already does a really good job of that. We don't need to delve into that. This movie was talking about gender roles, what it's like to be a woman in society, what it's like to be a guy in society, um, but mostly what it's like to be a woman, I will say. So yeah, yeah, guys, this movie isn't geared towards us, but there's still a lot of good stuff. And let's be honest, like, if you go through like the top grossing movies ever, how many are geared towards guys? (laughs) Like Most of them, most of of them. Most of them, them. if not all of them. So chill the hell out, all right? Chill the hell out. Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, Making notes. He made four videos about this. He's talked. He spent two and a half hours. No way. He's made four videos. He's made four. He spent two and a half hours talking about Barbie. The movie is an hour and fifty (laughs) six. Ben, please get a life. For the love of God, stop. You are a pseudo intellectual. All right. You're no better than me and Ruben. Like you're at the same. Like, like, c- come on, dude. He does have a bigger platform than us, but that's yeah. He has a bigger platform, but this dude's just talking out of his ass. And like, stop, stop it. Okay, you're oh, making God, a fool of boy. yourself, and now nobody thinks that you can pleasure your wife properly. <laughs> Jesus, no. Uh, after what? the whap, after whap, he's like, oh, pussies aren't wet. It's like bed. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin, <laughs> run that back. Yeah, but going back, going back to the Mattel exec, uh, I saw a comment online, and I think this is what they were going. I think it was a red herring intentionally to make you think that they were going to be the villains of the piece yeah. and to throw you off from like realizing that the Kens were going to be the antagonists of the movie. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. 
Um, but yeah, Michael Sarah is Alan great as well. <laughs> is the one scene he has in the desert. I don't want to give it away at the end. Yeah. Hilarious. I, My yeah. favorite, the best sequence is uh, I Am Ken by uh, Ryan Gosling at the end of the movie. Oh my God, dude. A, mu- a full out freaking musical number, dude. I loved that shit. I was seated. I was in disbelief, dude. I was just in, I was in my seat like, he's still going. He's still going. He's still. This is amazing. And then it stops for a bit, and it comes back in, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And then there's a dancing p- like component to it. Yeah, I want all of you, everyone who said that Ryan Gosling wouldn't be a great Ken, sit your ass down, sit back down, man. Ryan Gosling <laughs> is the only Ken, other than Michael Keaton, that I will recognize. Oh my God! Yeah, don't yeah, no, no Toy Story three erasure from us. Um, yeah. but no, uh, he might get nominated for this. And that song, I will be pissed if there are five songs. Uh, there are not five songs that are better, and that doesn't get nominated. That better get nominated. That song is absolutely incredible. Ryan, what range, man? What range for Ryan Gosling? This dude is. Dude, I'm starting. I'm starting to warm up to Ryan as one of like the greatest that's currently working. Honestly, I am. This not. Yeah, he's not close to like Christian Bale or like. Oh God, what's the other guy that I really like? Who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting about someone. Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. He's not up there with like Joaquin and Christian, but like the dude's versatile, and he's he's in one of my favorite movies of all time. So I can't even talk trash on him. Blade Runner 2049 for people who are asking. Must watch. Look, Ryan, Margot, Greta, everyone involved, I am happy this movie is going to be a billion-dollar hit. It absolutely deserves yeah. it. it. Absolutely. And all those people involved deserve a hit that big yeah. in their careers. Yeah, um, they all do. And honestly, they, they, uh, a message like this needs a platform this big, I'd say. I really hope that people turn around on this movie as it, as it goes on. And, and they, you know, please, please, guys, just because you hear shit that you don't always hear, that you don't 100% agree with, don't immediately, like, cast that shit out. It's woke! (laughs) It's too woke for me! It's too woke. Stop. Okay, first of all, y'all, dude, woke has become, like, such a cat. Nothing term, man. It means nothing at this point. People are like, oh, this is woke, and everyone's like, yeah, 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 it is. It's like, what is... Shut up. (laughs) Stop it. Good Lord. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I saw, like, some... Some Republican being like, oh yeah, Juneteenth is a woke holiday. And it's like, dude, what what are you Yeah, the freeing of the slaves is yeah, woke, man. That's too woke for me. Oh, Where is my <laughs> I can't say <Yeah>. that? <laughs> so yeah. Everyone give it a chance. Guys, give it a chance. I know most gals are already gonna give it a chance. It's yeah. F and Barbie. And also, um, last thing, this movie. I saw someone saying online, and I have to say something. Someone's like, this movie's encouraging women to not be mothers and not have children. And it's like, did we watch no. the same movie? This movie's basically saying, hey, you as a woman do not have to like impress anybody. You don't have to be the president or a lawyer or a businesswoman. It's okay to just be and to just exist, to be a mom, to be somebody that doesn't get remembered, you know? Just to be alive, that's what this movie is talking about. So please give this movie a chance. I'm begging of you. I'm All right. I, you. I give it an eight out of 10 to just give I, it a rating. I, I give it a seven and a half, a seven and a half or an eight. 
I'd say the only reason it's slower is because I love Greta's other two movies so much that like this one was just kind of like, I'm like, this is good, Greta, but I've seen you be phenomenal in the past. Little Women, again, I'm going to plug it. If you haven't seen Little Women, Greta's best work so far in her career, 10 out of 10 movie. Lady Bird as well. Lady Bird is also of, of high note, I would say. And watch Barbie. Barbie's really good. And watch Barbie. Watch all, Watch Greta Gerwig's filmography. It's yeah, three was... movies. It's three movies. You you have out. You have you have time to kill. All right. And I guess okay. now she's off to make Narnia for Netflix. I guess is her next thing. Uh, we shall oh, see. That's gonna be good. I hope. All right. My only regret is that we could is that we don't have a close enough. Oh no no. Are you are you still? Oh yeah, we're still afraid. My only regret is that we don't have a close enough female friend to have brought on to, to talk about Barbie. Because I really Yeah, I feel like that would have been a more yeah, a better conversation. Yeah. Sadly, I'm uh, sadly I have been single for a year at this point. <laughs> and I don't know, I, I don't think any of my I mean, some of my friends are watching it, but they haven't seen it yet. One of my friends hasn't seen it yet. She'll yeah. watch it on Friday. Anna, if you're still listening to these, hello. <laughs> Yeah, because we only gave like the male gaze of Barbie. I mean, I feel yeah. like, yeah. Eh. <laughs> but now we're going to talk about a movie where that is worth it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, here it is. Okay. So Christopher Nolan sat down, made Tenet, decided my next film is going to be based off American Prometheus. It's going to be uh, three hours long. It's going to be a drama. It's going to start Cillian Murphy, who's never starred in a movie before. Well, has he never been the lead? Well, star- well, he probably has. Like, he yeah, hasn't been a... Well, he probably has. Yeah, he probably has. I know Quiet Place 2, I guess, technically, he was the male lead in that. He's not the lead lead of the movie, but he was yeah. a lead. Um, no, he's he's been... He's probably been the lead in, like, smaller movies, but, like, in a big... And Chris- Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders as well. And you TV. watch that show, goddammit. it. Anyway, my point being, Chris Nolan took a lot of risks. He adapted the story of J. Robert Oppenheimer, made it R-rated, and made it three hours. And it's 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 really fucking good. (laughs) This man really said, after making what I believe is his worst movie, (laughs) he really disagree. But go ahead. He really said, "I'm about to make my best, (laughs) or at least one of the best." This is up there for me. This is up there with Dark Knight and, and Interstellar, where it's like these two are really competing right now to be my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. My God, Jesus Christ, dude! Oppenheimer, fantastic. And also, I had the grand pleasure, the grand pleasure, the grand of pleasure, seeing this thing in seventy millimeter IMAX. Oh my God! Yeah, talk about that. I am I'm going jealous. to tell you. I can't even put this in the words. If you are close to an IMAX theater that's showing this seriously 70 millimeter i'm at do it i don't care if you have to drive three hours so worth it the sound the visuals the, i was like my jaw was dropped within the first few minutes because in the first few minutes we have these kind of like visual representations of oppenheimer kind of imagining the atomic world and we have these like flashes of just brilliant light of stars of like sparks yeah. or whatnot and in IMAX, the visual and sound quality of that is just like, oh my god! Like it, it just it's it's just so good. It's just so good. This, that is the way the film was intended to be seen. You feel like you're in it. You're very much absorbed. It is, I think, one of, if not my favorite theater experience that I've had, like ever, like legitimately. I am not shocked. I, 
it's not it wasn't as hype as like Avengers or Avengers Endgame or Force Awakens. Like no one was like, yeah, woo, USA, I dropped the USA, USA. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, God damn, this movie is really good. Oh my god, dude. I was shocked. I was I was in awe. I was, As a filmmaker, I think this is probably the best script Christopher Nolan's ever done, quite honestly. Yeah, I think so. Like just the way everything ties together, how he doesn't like like make it messy, how it all like clicks in like the last hour, that last hour of this movie. Not a punch is thrown in this movie. But I haven't been on the edge of my seat that much in a drama, I think, ever. Like, it's just mind-blowing how well I'm, done this is. I think this is the, it's the best biopic ever made. I, I, bar none, I can say that right now. I have never seen a better biopic oh, in my life. This man has never seen The Last Temptation of Christ. <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, but seriously. Hell, dude. Oh, dude. I'll see you there, Scorsese. I will see you there. <laughs> But seriously, like, and by biopic, I mean, like, a, a movie that's focused on, like, one subject. I don't technically mean, like, some of these stories were, like, I don't mean, like, mob movies. Like, though, I, I I consider mob movies something different from a uh, from a biopic. Schindler? What about Schindler's List? Oh, shit. Yeah. I still need to watch that. It's up there. But still, that, that one doesn't really what feel is, like. What is it with World War II movies? It's just really. There was just something about that time period that really got to the core of humanity's just darkness. Because I, it was the darkest thing like someone had done on the planet, like probably I ever. I think it's still arguably the one of the worst things to happen on planet Earth. It, like a lot of the fallout from that. I mean, like the nuke was created. Obviously, you have yeah. what Hitler did. Yeah, all those countries he invaded. We have, we have. I mean, Nazis are, yeah, Jesus, fascism, they are coming back. Fascism is rampant. That shit is goddamn. I think everything's everywhere. a cycle. Everything's a goddamn cycle. It feels and like yeah. we're coming back around. I mean, I mean that's life. Uh, and uh, not to bring my own book series into this when it's written, but I emphasize this a lot. Life is cyclical. We think that we're advancing, and we are in a lot of respects. We are. In a lot of respects, we forget about the mistakes of the past. And, and we're just like, you know, it's not going to happen again. It's going to happen again. It's gonna no, happen. Like, if we're not careful, it will happen again. Like, yeah. we have, everyone needs that. to be vigilant. Like, And I think that Oppenheimer has a lot to say about the lasting effects of, 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 of moments like this in history. You know, a lot to say about it. What one man can, can, can do to basically just, like, like we're, if we get into another major war, we're, oh, we're done. We're done. We're screwed. Like I, I don't even mean like the U.S. I mean the planet. I mean human beings. The planet will probably recover in a few million years. We'll be gone. <laughs> we'll all be dead. <laughs> probably quicker than a few million years. Let's be real. Like the planet would probably recover a lot. Well, quicker. I mean the half life of uranium is pretty freaking long. Uh, good lord. Yeah, let's get depressed. Bro, I have not do They be using H bombs though, which uh this movie also deals with. Yeah, this movie does deal with the super bomb. Screw that guy. God Teller? Damn it. Teller? Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, man. 
Benny, Benny Safdie was really good in this. Every All the little bit parts in this That's movie who, were great. That was why he seemed so familiar. Yeah, he's one of the Safdie brothers, uh, the guys yeah. who did Uncut Gems. Good yeah. time. That man was amazing. Every actor in this movie, even the, like, the bit parts, like freaking Roderick from, from Daughter of the Wimpy Kid. Is yeah, Devin, movie. Devin, something Broswick. Broswick. Broswick, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, he's he good. You have movie. Jack Quaid from uh, The Boys in here. Josh Peck. Josh Peck from Drake and Spherical. Spherical. <laughs> um, and then you, I mean, you got, I mean, who else? You got Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman. Oh, and this, <laughs> in the scene, you got you got people who won the Best Actor Oscar in the last decade. You have three Casey of them in this Affleck. movie. You have Casey, Casey Gary Oldman, and Raimi, who have all won Best Actor in the last ten years. In this one movie. of them didn't deserve it. And all of them, and all of them play <laughs> one. And all of them, well, Raimi's a talented actor. Oh, Raimi's talented as hell. He just didn't deserve Like his it for scene, that yeah, one. he didn't deserve it for that performance. But like Raimi's scene in this, I love. So good, yeah. dude. Oh my God. I, dude, my mouth was open the entire time. The only, I'm kind of upset because the guy behind me was like, oh yeah, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, a massive dick in the book. So like going in, I was already like, all right, this guy's a little too nice. <laughs> <laughs> I started suspecting. I I I didn't know my history that well, but I I was suspecting what was coming. And I, I it's weird talking about spoilers about a biopic. And yeah, like, <laughs> like I, 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 I yeah, but, guys, maybe if you were learning, you wouldn't be going to. <laughs> even still, we're not going to give it away. We'll try not to. Oh, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I, even though I quote, I'm quoting this constantly since the movie came out i will not be saying like any any of the life from the last scene even though that last scene is like you need to well see, well, you, well, you, well we'll get to the last the scene yeah you need to feel the impact of that when you're sitting in the theater i'm sorry i'm not telling you that you need all right to well, let's we'll get back to the last scene later let's actually round off our conversation with the last yeah. scene because i feel like wait, okay let's set up a few more actors emily blunt phenomenal florence Pugh. i literally love you uh, Cillian Murphy. <laughs> Holy shit, Cillian! What? I I you hope you it. I hope you campaign for an Oscar, Cillian. I know you said you don't care, but you are or Killian. I think it's Killian Murphy. Killian, it's Killian. Yeah, Killian, Killian Murphy. Killian. Yeah, yeah. I hope you campaign for that Oscar because you could absolutely win it. You, that I mean, is this performance. Best performances I've seen in like, and that's saying a lot because 2018 and 2019 were. Movie-wise, what he did in this movie, we are talking like you guys. I no exaggeration. He is in ninety percent of the scenes in this movie. Ninety percent. I noticed that at the end. I'm like, oh my god, this dude is basically on screen, on screen all the time. And you never doubt that he's that character. He just went in like it is a tour de force performance. His arc which is also portrayed in the movie, how he goes from like a young, youthful uh, scientist, maybe a little bit naive as well, to the end where he becomes like like a person who's haunted by what he did. A a husk of what he did. Yeah, like those clips you see of Robert Oppenheimer, the famous clip, Death Destroyer of Worlds, which like was a CBS interview. I'm glad they didn't recreate that moment in this movie. I I mean, they didn't recreate it. Like they, a, they alluded to it. Yeah. They, they alluded the, to it. They put the sound clip in there. And I they put the sound clip in somewhere where it made sense as oh well. My based God, on like what dude. he actually oh, says. 
Ruben, that scene on 70 millimeter is so good. The Trinity I, test is absolutely insane. I have I, no idea how I he nat. actually did it. I, I nat, which is the past tense of past tense of nut. <laughs> Dude, it was so good. Oh my god. Everyone in the theater was so tense. You could feel the tension. Everyone was just kind of like shit. <laughs> Uh, Matt Damon, another great actor in this. Made Matt Damon also, incredible. Also, someone who I know is not going to get the love he deserves for, for, for this movie. Jason Clark. Holy oh my shit, God. Jason. Dude, you gotta be I, you gotta be like at least like top five character actors at this point, right? Like, come on. <laughs> this dude will yeah. just step in, do a little bit part, and just you know, you kill it. He's great. He really, he was really good at this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, hold on. There's another name I want to give real quick if I can find it. Because he was also really good. It was... Was it, was it the guy who played his friend? Yeah. Yeah, wow. his friend at the university. Um, can't find it. Oh, man. Uh, if I find it, I'll I'll, I'll say it. Dane DeHaan was also really good in his bit part. Oh, yeah. It's just, bro... This movie reminded me that Dane DeHaan's actually a good actor. <laughs> uh, David Kromholtz, which played this like really, really close friend. Um, yeah. Not his friend at the, at the university, but like his friend, like he meets yeah. like in even, Europe. Even, even Kenneth Branagh as Niels Bohr was like. Two really, scenes. Two scenes. Very effective. He left a mark, dude. Oh, Josh Harnett. That's who I'm Josh thinking Barnett. of. Who played uh, like, so, Ernest Lawrence, who played Lawrence, the guy who played not Lawrence. Not a single composite character in this movie. And, and 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 yet, perfect storyteller. Perfect storyteller. I'm. T- this is, this is a marvel in every sense of the word. It is insane that this movie, like that this movie exists. It's crazy. And, and to top it all off, that it has so much to say. It's not just like this America ho movie where it's like, look at this innovation. It's not about scientific innovation either. Like it starts out like that, but this is about the consequences of, of human hubris of this want for power of this of this desire to be like on top of everything and, and how it's when, when everyone tries to be king of the hill there's not going to be a hill left to be king of and to be fair i think like it started out as something they quite honestly needed to do if the nazis were developing a nuclear bomb you had to beat them where the debate starts coming in is like when the nazis when the- are defeated do you actually use the nuke on Japan? And I think, well, not to give it away, but I think the movie walks away with the conclusion that no, you probably shouldn't have used these. Yeah. yeah. I think the conclusion is, hey, dude, uh, we could have, like, okay, like one, maybe. Two? What the hell? <laughs> it's like, no, the reasoning in the movie was like, we got to show them the power of this thing, and then we have to prove that we can keep doing this. And I'm like, did we... Like, look, I understand that Japan had these strong samurai codes, essentially. This yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fight to the last man is, like, dead. But, like, when you see the sun dropped on you once, I feel like that's enough to maybe question your code. I don't know. This is a massive debate to be having. This is, like, of a size that we really are not equipped to engage in in this podcast. <laughs> like, legitimately. But like, oh my god, 
So good. And we got to shout out Robert here. Last, last Robert last Downey last Jr. Time. My God, I hope he gets nominated for this. He was so good. This movie Especially the scenes in the third hour of the movie. This man has proven that he is a phenomenal actor. I think y'all forgot just because he's been doing Iron Man for the last like 15 years that this dude is actually like a great character actor. A phenomenal actor. And he's a phenomenal actor in those in those Marvel movies. Like way better than those Marvel movies probably deserved. Um, <laughs> I'm nah. being a little mean. I'm yeah, you are being a little mean. I'm being retroactively mean because of the modern stuff. Old Marvel is good. But yeah. still, like he's a shoe-in for supporting actor nomination at least. It's hilarious that it might come down to him and, and, and freaking Ryan Gosling. <laughs> And I hear De Niro has some buzz for Scorsese's movie as well. So we shall see. Not wait to see that. But yeah. Oh my God. Um, also, uh, Alden Ehrenreich. I forgot to mention him like when we were going yeah, through Han a bunch Solo, of the dude who played Han Solo. The guy who played Han Solo in his scenes yeah. with Downey was really effing good. Oh I mean, everyone came to play here. And I think, no, I don't know, like, nobody it might be Nolan, it. not my favorite Nolan movie, but it's probably Nolan's best made movie, if that makes sense. I think it's it, it's up there for me. I, I'm very much, it, like, I, right now, Interstellar, Dark Knight, and Oppenheimer are, like, cycling with each other. Like Yeah, yeah, but, but what I mean by that, like, from a technical perspective, from a storytelling perspective, I don't think Christopher Nolan's done a better job ever. Yeah. Like, from like every single aspect in this movie is so well done. Every, like, God, I, I, we can't emphasize this enough. We can't even like hit every actor that gave a tremendous performance in this movie. Everyone that he casted was not playing around, dude. Yeah. Everyone in this movie melded in. There was one moment while watching this where I was like, that's Josh Nichols. And then I did not think that again. <laughs> it did not come back up. It did not come back up. Um, like, good God, dude. What do you um, think about the uh, non-linear framing device where they're like showing um, Vision Fusion, I guess, are the two titles they put at the beginning, um, showing like uh, Oppenheimer recounting his tales during um, his hearing. And then they're showing Louis Strauss couple years later recounting I his stuff loved the format the yeah. format of this movie is phenomenal this is this is the crowning moment of of, of christopher nolan's non-linear storytelling i think something that he's been working on since memento yeah which has been built up through things like the prestige dunkirk and even though i hate to, to even mention it tenet you are way too hard on tenet i'm gonna that was the worst this. one this is worst movie i do not care what you I gotta give it a, gotta give it a different gotta give it another chance <laughs> i love you know what I, I i you know what i i was i didn't even hate that movie all that much until the last scene because i was like where was this where was this heart god damn it oh god did we freeze i Hold think on. we froze Okay, so we'd be remiss if we don't Sorry, mention. We got it. Also, we got interrupted by technical difficulties. So if there's a choppy moment there, uh, yeah. Okay, Ruben, continue. <laughs> we'd oh, be remiss. Oh, you're breaking the immersion. You're yeah. breaking the immersion. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> uh, we'd be remiss if we don't mention both the cinematography by Hoyten Ben Hoytema, who is incredible. He did Nope wow. last year. He's done a couple films with Nolan now. I think he did I Tenant. He did Ad Astra, Dunkirk, Interstellar. Really good. I'll and then your second call out is my boy Ludwig. 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 
Ludwig Goranson, incredible. And obviously as well, the editor, uh, yeah. I got to mention her, Jennifer Lane. Uh, she was also incredible in this. Shout out to the sound mixer of this movie too. This is the best mixed Nolan film in a while. <laughs> I think Nolan finally listened to the criticism and let like the hey, sound mix get way better. God. Um, uh, but yeah, Ludwig. Mark my words. This man is going down as one of the greatest. I'm not even going to. He has been popping off the last yeah. few years. This is, I think, like with the exception of maybe Black Panther, I think this is at least his best utilized score. Yeah. And, and just, I'm like, oh my God, dude. Oh, Ludwig, you beautiful bastard. I love you. <laughs> this was such a good score, dude. Oh my god! I mean, there's great stuff in this movie. I mean, the gymnasium scene—you're gonna remember that when you walk oh, out. I'm not to spoil though, what it even, is. Even though there's a, a historical inaccuracy in it, which guys, if you're if you're going to the movie theaters to count the stars on the American flag, please stop. <laughs> if it's 1946, that's uh, 1945. There should only be 40, 49, or 48. So, dude. One little mistake in a movie of this magnitude? Are we really going to stick on to that? Come on. The gymnasium scene is amazing. The, <laughs> the Trinity. We need, dude, this man built a bomb for that shit. Not this an actual been, nuke, though. I think he used, he, like, forced perspective as well to kind of make it look yeah, bigger. Yeah, he used forced perspective. I think, from what I heard, he basically built a nuke without, like, the uranium. <laughs> Wait, really? It was something, something where it's like this. This is like as as big as a bomb. I think could a bomb of this nature could get without having a radioactive element in it. Oh, jeez. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, no. And I've seen people bashing the explosion online. Whatever, it looked great within the movie. Are you? Who's? They're like, it doesn't look like an actual nuke, and I'm like, no shit. It still works for the movie itself. Dude, the. That scene is one of the best, I think the best scene I've seen in, in theaters. We were silent in the IMAX theater. Like there were people gasped and then it was just quiet. And they kept showing different shots of this thing. And like, I think that's the thing that really sells And we get different shots, we get close up. We get like, we, we get to see the destructive power and also the characters reactions to this. A mix of like awe and also like fear. Like my God, dude, it's so good. This movie, this movie is just so well made. It deals with so many great messages, so many important things to be talked about, especially around a, a time like this where we are in constant conflict with one another, like in constant global conflict. There are yeah. dangers to that kind of thing. There are things that are not worth it, and yet we we get to see like the mind of of of. Uh, uh, we get to see the mind of world leaders in this through Gary Oldman's uh, uh, Harry Truman, Truman, yeah. Where he's literally like, get this wimp out of my office. Talking about Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah. Because he's like, he's like very tenacious or he's very uh, trepidatious. There we go. He's very trepidatious about about the, the use of, of nuclear bombs in general. Like the building up of these arsenals, the building of super bombs. Like, he's like, yo, we need to enter world agreements to not abuse this power and immediately right yeah it's like no we're gonna keep making these like are you crazy no it's basically the way i described it to someone who asked me about the movie it is pandora trying to close the box after it was opened 
is how I describe the movie. And that's like the last hour of this movie. This is basically yeah. showing Pandora trying to close the box she opened and the consequences that come when she tries to close that box because yeah. everyone else like was um, beneficiaries to the opening of that box um, and they don't want it closed. So yeah, they, they come after him without giving away. Um, and jump into the last scene of the movie, which we were alluding to earlier, just to wrap up our conversation. Um, absolutely incredible. Um, shout out to Tom. Shout out to Tom Conti, who played Albert Einstein in this movie. Thank you. That's what I was about to ask. Um, <laughs> I was like, who played Albert? Because he really felt like Albert Einstein. But the conversation they're having at the end, it will. They've alluded to it. They allude to it the entire movie. And when you finally see it, it just ties the entire piece together. And Nolan's the king of movie endings. This leaves an impact. I had goosebumps. I had chills. But I did. I had the weirdest goosebumps and chills because it was like goosebumps and chills of dread. And then I walked out. Like, it was yeah. absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, everyone, the score People were wrong. getting up to leave, and I was still sitting there like, oh, God. <laughs> probably yeah the best like i said best written script of nolan's career because that final conversation just ties up the entire film in a way that just makes it a complete package because it like connects back to something you see towards the beginning of the movie i, I mean yeah God, so goddamn good. We could talk for three hours about this movie. We could talk for the movie's length about this movie. This is one of the best movies of the decade so far. Like Jonathan said, although most of those showings are sold out except the front seats, but if you have the chance to see this movie in 70 millimeter, you should, because I hear it's incredible. Jonathan can attest to that. I, unfortunately, do not live near one. It is an experience of a lifetime you got it you got to do it if you're a movie fan anyway so screw you ruben this is my retribution for when you and jacob got to see ajr and i couldn't you know what i'd say we're about even <laughs> yeah that, you know what that is pretty that's fair that's that's actually pretty fair um so yeah i know this is the fourth one of these i've given this year but it's been a great year for movies so far 10 out of 10 oppenheimer probably 10 out of 10 here too easy to Second, this is this and, and Spider Verse were the like some of the easiest ten out of ten movies I've ever given. I walked out and I was like, yeah, no, that's getting that's getting a perfect score. Like even bar bar the 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 fact that there's no such thing as a perfect product. This is about as close as you can get, legitimately. All right. Oh, and some breaking news to end the pod because uh, this just came out. Uh, the Emmys have been delayed from September because of the strikes. Um, and those are in September. So that's just a signal that everyone's dug in. Uh, and it's because, as everyone's saying, it's the studios are refusing to pay their writers and actors fairly and just want to freaking uh, jump on their backs and, like, live off their work. And I think the two movies we talked about uh, just demonstrate how important actors and writers are to this industry. Barbie and Oppenheimer would not be the films they are without the writers and actors that are there. Um Chris Nolan, Greta Gerwig, Noah Baumbach writing two incredible scripts. Yeah. And then Cillian and Murphy, about, and we're talking about Ryan Gosling. C, we're talking about some B and C listers in some of these movies. Like Oppenheimer, because of its magnitude. We, like we said, the dude from Roderick Rules. Like, come on. 
still yeah. gave an amazing performance. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, and the in the leads as well. You got Margot Robbie, Cillian Murphy, and then like supporting like Robert Downey Jr., Ryan Gosling, all these actors, incredible performances. Just like this industry is built off their backs. It is not built off the backs of these executives who uh, make most of the money, like Zaz, the Zazlavs, the Igers, the Ted they, Sarandos. Yeah, they, do, um, they do like basic work. Again, please read Animal Farm. I'm, I'm, I, I can, like, I know it's meant to be Stalin's Russia, but you can apply that to modern Hollywood. You can apply Animal Farm's messages. I mean, carefully, don't, don't pull a 1984. Don't go willy-nilly with this. It's, very, it's a very important read. I think George Orwell had his ear to the ground in a way that a, a lot of people wish that they did nowadays. But good God, you got you to gotta see both of these movies. The Emmys, the first time the Emmys have been delayed in 22 years, the last time the Emmys were delayed was 9-11. This is effing wild. And I didn't mention this earlier. The last time a dual writers and actor strike has happened was before our dad was even alive, 1960. The leader of the actors union was one Ronald Reagan, who eventually became a union buster. After yeah. all wild. Yeah, wow. How the great, how the mighty have fallen. Toronto. With no resolution in sight, just to give you guys an idea, they say November may be too soon for this year's ceremony. January, they're talking for the Emmys as a safer option. We are in for the long haul, people. Um, wow, we are going to have to start yeah. bringing retro reviews into this thing, aren't we? And we will talk about the strike every single time because that is the biggest story because... Yeah. And they deserve that coverage. If we're going to talk about these projects, we, we should come. We got. We have to talk about the strike as much yeah. as possible as well. Yeah, because it's not fair what's going on. And like, I, I, I want to hammer that home. Yeah, we do have some other movies to talk about. We got Mission Impossible. We got Indiana Jones. I want to watch this Nomona movie. I've been hearing about. Nomona's so. great. You should watch it. We will probably talk about that next time. And Ninja yeah. Turtles, uh, yes. also coming out soon. And that, that one looks like it's stuff. great. Also, before we close out, uh, I would just like to, I mean, we've lost some pretty great musicians these last few yeah, go ahead. Uh, days or weeks. One of which, you know, one of which was I'm very, like, very enamored with. The other of which, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know too much about it. Before. There, uh, there is a, someone who just uh, passed away while we were recording as well, by the way. What? Who? Uh, the Eagles co-founder, uh, Randy Messner, apparently passed away. The band, The Eagles. Yeah. yeah uh, but who were you going to say? Sorry, I interrupted. What I was going to say, uh, first of all, uh, we have a, oh God, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, Sh- oh no, uh, Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor. Yes, yeah. She died at 56. She leaves kids behind. Uh, I-, I don't know too much about her personally. I know she was a great activist. I know she had some really good stuff for the person. I really want to talk about is Tony Bennett. Um, mm, yeah, Bennett, go ahead. One of the last of probably one, one of I think if not the last of like of these like early jazz musicians, like these early jazz singers, like, like this, um, like people like the Rat Pack, people like you know Sinatra or, or, or Crosby. Crosby's not, not part of the Rat Pack. Uh, uh, da- uh, Sammy Davis uh, uh, Jr. Um, this dude was a massive voice in jazz, and you know, like his loss. Yeah. I mean, he lived to the, the ripe old age of ninety-six, which is a lot more than you could say about most jazz musicians from that yeah. era. A lot of them died in their thirties or forties because of drug abuse, because of their life situations. To have someone live this long is incredible. 
um, but also to have him have, he, he performed up until like his 80s. Just a golden voice, a, a great man. So like big, big shout out to him. Big shout out to his family as well. Prayers their way. An amazing, amazing singer. And, you know, he will be missed. And hopefully those of us who do remain can carry on that man's legacy because, oh my God, there is a lot to pick up there. Amazing singer. Damn. But yeah. No, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy week when it comes to that kind of stuff. But, you know, here we are. You got to keep moving forward and keep creating for the people. And this is uh, <clears throat> to close it off. If I may. Yep. <laughs> One reason that I love intertextuality so much, going back to a joke that I made in the beginning, is because you get to be in conversation with people who have passed on. You get to be in conversation with ideas and stories that span mm-hmm. lifetimes, things that we can't even imagine, things that yeah. we that we, that they, we're, we're dealing with legacies and whatnot. It is our job as artists. This goes for movies and whatnot, too. And, and there, there's a respect that needs to be happening, especially when we're talking about the strikes, because there is something, because actors do this, too. We are, you're carrying on your back the accomplishment of all of these people. You're standing on the shoulders of giants, essentially. You get to have conversa- conversation with these principles, with these techniques, with these stories. And I think that is one of the best parts of being an artist, that you get to have conversations with the past. So, you know, just going to our, going to fellow writers, going out to the actors who are striking, the writers who are striking, you know, keep on like pushing forward and telling these stories and being connected to our past and pushing into our future. Because the work that they do, is, the work that entertainers do is massively, I think, underrated. Like, sure, you know, we're not, we're not building cars or streets or whatnot, yeah. but there's a lot of sanity to be kept when it comes to the arts. Like sanity, like the arts is a way to maintain sanity to, to 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 get into conversation with a lot of the things that we're not able to talk about in like industrial I mean, society. The arts provide relief from society, they provide commentary on society, they show a mirror to us, they show yeah. what we should aspire to. Yeah. And sometimes you just turn off your brain and watch fast cars go boom boom, but that's also that's also entertaining and that's also important. Like every component of the arts is important. Yeah. They all have value. With that being said, we will be back in December. <laughs> uh, uh, we will be back soon. I'm not going to make any promises on the pod again, but we will be back soon yeah. to review another yeah, batch I, of movies. I promise you I will resolve world hunger by the time we get to the next pod. I promise you I will resolve world hunger by the time we get to, I'm writing this down. So what, what, how about how about how about something yeah, how about something smaller, Jonathan? How about smaller goal? Smaller goal. Chicago hunger? You don't even live in Chicago. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Peace out. Do the outro music. Put your hands in the air, Ruby. Come on. And shout out to Jacob for being so kind and sitting with us, even though he is deaf and dumb. Jacob loves these movies. Uh, He gave Oppenheimer a 10. All right, we're done.